First up, though, is uh, Congressman uh, Peter King, uh, serving term number 14 in the U.S. House of Representatives, member of the Homeland Security Committee, chairman of the Subcommittee on Counterterrorism and Intelligence. And uh, might I say he is hanging him up uh, at the end of this year. Still a lot to be done as uh, we welcome him back. So always great to have you. Great to be with you. It really is. How are things going for you? Things are going good. I'm healthy, keeping the family healthy, you know, yeah. isolation, quarantine. You know, it's it's kind of a banner day today because on Long Island, as you know, Congressman, it is uh, reopening phase one. And uh, listen, we've all gone through the trials and tribulations of the last 10 weeks. But, you know, today feels kind of like the first day of school from way back. I kind of described it as that earlier, you know. Yeah, we're finally breaking loose, and uh, it, it should happen a while back, but uh, yeah, we're doing the best we can. And I give uh, the county executives credit for getting the ball moving down here. I wish the governor was a little quicker, but the fact is we are opening up and starting to open up. It's the first stage, and let's, let's just hope it keeps going. Listen, I'm with you. I'll start with that. You know, we've been advocating uh, for uh, opening it up uh, a lot earlier. Uh, listen, I'm not advocating for large gatherings, certainly not advocating for our senior citizens to be out there shopping on Main Street. But, you know, my biggest concern, Congressman King, was uh, was the economy, the Main Street businesses uh, all throughout the island, the struggles, the PPP, trying to get a little bit of stimulus in to hold on with unemployment benefits and the extra 600 and everything else made it very, very difficult for those uh, businesses, those owners, uh, to kind of keep in play. And it's very troubling and whatnot, but, uh, you know, what's in the past is in the past. What about the, the fact of some of the troubles there? The governor, you know, he's been, you know, you can make the case. Was he micromanaging a little too much? Tough one, though, overall the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I think he did a very good job in the beginning. I, I do think the last few weeks there has been an increase, but too much of the... Uh uh, micromanaging. Uh, to me, the economy is ready to go. I think that people have gotten the message. And listen, you can still watch it carefully, but I would open it up a bit more than he's been doing. And uh, I think that some of these arbitrary numbers, like you know, uh, 30%, or suppose you were 29.5 or 29. And uh, to me, I, I don't even know if that's like a valid criteria anyway. Uh, but it, listen, uh, we are going in the right direction. That's, that's the key thing right now. So rather than be uh, you know, picking fights with the governor. Uh, fact is, we are coming out of this. We are recovering, and let's get moving. Listen, you're one of the more objective guys I've I've known, uh, and I'll tell you this much. One other thing regarding the governor as the nursing homes, and we've been on top of this since day one, Peconic Landing, Greenport, Atria, the 10 locations, Long Island State Vets Home, Congressman King, uh, it's been troubling. Nursing homes accounting for a quarter of the deaths in the state of New York. I have not liked the policies. I have not liked the governor in which he has kind of went about his business here. Seems to have been very difficult in knowing policy over the last couple of weeks. The directive I'm talking about for March 25th, allowing COVID positives back into those venues, reversing it about a couple of weeks ago. I mean, which way here? It just seems like it's uh, it's on-the-job training, unfortunately, uh, for our uh, for our officials regarding nursing homes. And I have said this, I hate to state it, but they have treated those individuals like sacrificial lambs. What is your take regarding the nursing home debacle? Yeah, obviously having some serious mistakes made, and this is something that has to be investigated. We have to have an after-action uh, after report on it. Hopefully we've sort of passed that stage now. 
But again, uh, this can't be allowed to happen in the future. I mean, there's a disproportionate number of people dying in nursing homes. I have personal knowledge of some of them who, as far as I knew, had been in excellent health. And, uh, you know, were uh, actually some going to be released soon, uh, you know, discharged soon. And uh, they died. And they, uh, some in like a matter of 48 hours. Uh, and uh, so, no, this is uh, this, this rush to uh, put people back into the nursing homes, which is what was done here, has, has really been catastrophic. So this has to be fully investigated, fully looked into. Uh, we have to get out of this at the same time. But in doing that, certainly for an after-action report, we have to say what went wrong here, why was this allowed to happen, who was responsible for it. And it has to be looked into. I, I'm not happy with this. Health Commissioner Howard Zucker, Congressman, you know that. Uh, and the thing is, you know, this investigation, you cannot be investigating your own, meaning the Department of Health. That's why I've been an advocate for an independent investigation. I don't think we're going to see it. I am not happy with the things going in that regard. No, uh, whatever investigation is done, has you know, people have to think it's been real, that it's been independent. And how that's done, we can like, uh, work out as we go forward. But there's no doubt that something went wrong. We have such a large number of people in nursing homes dying. And uh, you would think that, you know, they should be the ones who are really not at all uh, exposed to these things. Uh, ordinarily, you know, they're in, in the nursing home. You know, they're not out in the street. They're not out shopping. They're not in uh, uh, large areas. So they shouldn't have been getting the coronavirus at all. But instead, uh, they have, again, by far the largest percentage. So obviously something went wrong. And... Uh, Again, that has to be fully investigated, not just for what happened now, but as a uh, warning for the future, as a, as a uh, roadmap for the future, so it doesn't happen again. No question. Congressman Peter King with us. What do you expect out of today, Congressman, with the governor's visit to the White House infrastructure discussion? We know the state is not doing well. $61 billion or so they need. They've stopped with the list, and they're not going to get near that. But certainly, uh, things need to be fixed and whatnot here. What do you expect? Some positive stuff coming out of that discussion? They've had a topsy-turvy relationship over the 10 weeks. You know, lovey-dovey and then at each other's throats, it seems. What about today? What do you expect out of that discussion? I, I would hope we can make some positive progress there. I mean, uh, there's no doubt that places like New York, Maryland, New Jersey, they've been hit hard. And even though we can be critical of maybe certain particular aspects, the reality is, that we, you know, we've confronted her pretty well, especially in New York and New Jersey. Uh, we have the pockets of population. Uh, we're different. In fact, in your, uh, you have the international airports here. You had so many people uh, coming here in December and January, February, uh, before we realized the full extent of this. So it's unfair to compare New York to other states around the country, uh, New York and New Jersey to other parts of the country. We had a different type of exposure. And uh, I think the governors, for the most part, have done a good job. And uh, we can't be held to the same standard as some like Wyoming or Montana, which is, has uh, not been exposed to this. So I think on balance, New York and New Jersey have done an excellent job. Again, nothing's perfect, but we never had something like this before either. Majority uh, Leader McConnell has been shaky to me. You know, the, the blue state reference, you know, file for bankruptcy, that type of thing. I mean, it's just asinine comments. From a couple of weeks ago, you know, he's been up and down, up and down, up and down. Give me your thoughts regarding Mitch McConnell on that. Yeah, no, listen, we have to get the assistance we need here in New York. Somehow, to act that this was our fault that this happened. Uh, the reality is we were struck hard, mainly we have the international airports here. There's so many people coming through here before, uh, you know, the full extent was realized. And we have to get, listen, 
the southern states always get the aid they need after hurricanes and tornadoes and floods and everything else. We have to get that assistance up here because we have to come out of this. We can't allow states like uh, New York and New Jersey, and particularly Long Island. I mean, my district here, the uh, second district, has been devastated. We have uh, some areas like uh, Central Islip, uh, Brentwood, have been absolutely, uh, absolutely devastated. And uh, it's through no fault of their own. There was nothing done there. There was negligent. Nothing was done. It was wrong. It's just they was heavily impacted. So we have to uh, make sure that we get the assistance we need to recover. And I'm not just talking about financial assistance. We have to, I mean, for the sake of business, we're doing is to get people back to work, also to make sure that we uh, really stay strong here in, in the Northeast. So, no, this was, uh, uh, Mitch McConnell is basically, you know, he's running for re-election, and most of the Republican senators that are running for re-election come from states that have not been hit that hard the way we have. Somehow they're trying to implicitly blame this on us up here, why we have such a high count about stimulus because mcconnell's stating you know what expect another one i don't think it'll be the one signed by the house i don't think it will i mean too much in there congressman king regarding cannabis regarding illegal aliens as far as aid and certainly that extra six hundred dollars uh as far as unemployment benefits uh, to continue to january that'd be just devastating uh that has to be wiped out but on the other hand you know i i definitely think stimulus needed for the city and states Without question, no problem with an extra 1200 2400 3400 But there's just so many things there as far as, you know, that, that pendulum. It's a little unbalanced there. Where do we level off and how do we come together regarding the stimulus package? Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I voted for that only to get the bill over to the Senate. I mean, we have to, we have to do something. We have to make sure that the impacted areas are, are uh, definitely uh, uh, reimbursed, come from, uh, you, know, you know, get the aid that we need. Having said that... Uh, you know, the Democrats threw everything in there they could. I think they realized that a good bit of that, I don't know what percentage would be, half of it more, maybe more, will be taken out of the final bill. But they sort of ran with it because they saw McConnell was going to give nothing. So they put their whole uh, wish list in there. It's like a grab bag of, uh, uh, you know, benefits. And, again, though, if, it gets, if the Senate brings up the bill, they can adopt their bill, uh, there'll be the House bill, and then it'll be compromised. And I think we can get a decent bill out because we need it here on Long Island. And a lot of those extraneous matters have to come out, will come out. I didn't support them. I only voted for the bill to get it over to the Senate so we can get started on getting the absolutely necessary aid that we do need. Congressman Peter King uh, with us. Uh, Give me the latest regarding this convention discussion. Uh, Will it be in Charlotte by August end? Uh, I don't know. You know, Governor Cooper kind of sounding like Congressman King that, uh, you know, you kind of a wait and see approach. And I think he's saying that because, you know, he's one of those 12 states that have seen a, a couple of spikes in the last couple of weeks. So there's definitely some trepidation on his part. The president wants no part of it. You know, he'd like a decision by the end of the week. I don't know if that'll happen. Where is this convention going to be held? Do we see it in Georgia? Do we see it in Florida? What's your take on that? Again, it could be in Georgia or Florida. I know that the numbers have seemed to have spiked in North Carolina over, over the last week. The president is demanding a quick answer. The governor, uh, again, it's, uh, you know, my daughter's living down in North Carolina now. I mean, their numbers have been very low, but there has been a recent spike. Now, is that because of more testing? Is that because uh, just a... Uh, you know, an aberration, or, or is it a trend to where it's going? So I can, I can see where you know the governor has his concerns, but also the president wants to be able to uh, get his full uh, campaign out there so people can see at the national convention what he stands for, 
where we're going as a nation. It's going to be tough. And I know that uh, Florida and Georgia are actively campaigning for it. They, you know, they would like to get it. Uh, obviously, it's a big economic boost. But, uh, you know, North Carolina is in a tough situation right now. And uh, we'll have to see really what happens over the next day or so. Keep uh, putting an eye on that without question. I, listen, I have said throughout this crisis, Congressman King, the biggest thing in it all is the testing. We have not seen enough testing. I can't hear anymore that we're testing twice as many as, uh, as the next country. Cuomo's t- told you the same thing. The governor's told you in the state we're testing so much. I don't know if I see that. I, I, I don't know if I can actually you know, feel the testing is out there in droves where you can go in for a test, get a result. I'm not seeing that all over yet. What about that aspect, especially when the president says by September we're going to be testing, you know, 100 million or whatever the heck it is. What about the testing aspect? What do you see and will it improve by the next couple of months, let's say? Well, it really has to improve, and we are still in the early stages of it. Uh, I mean, we're not as far along as we thought we'd be uh, at all. Uh, at the state and local level, federal level. But again, uh, you know, we are going forward. I'm hoping in the next month we'll have this much more under control as far as the testing, getting, you know, a bunch better readouts. For instance, now in North Carolina, they claim that their numbers are not going up. It's just that there's been an increase in testing. Well, again, you know, we don't know. And uh, it's when you think all that's happened in the last 60, 90 days, it's a whole new world that we've entered uh, uh, and, and, and into. How do you get actual numbers? How do you know it's accurate on the testing? How accurate are all these tests? You know, now you hear this number of, high, of false positives, false negatives. So we're, again, in the early stages of something. You don't want to do the wrong thing. On the other hand, we can't stay submerged forever. So important, especially the, the contact tracing. Do you like the fact that the former mayor, Mike Bloomberg, is kind of leading the way in that regard? I think going way back, that announcement was very important as far as what the future could hold. Yeah, uh, you know, one thing about Mike Bloomberg is he, he's, uh, he, he gets things done. He, uh, you, you give him a project, it's going to be done, it's going to be done as successfully as possible. He really applies that business perspective to it. Uh, and he's also been fascinated with science and medicine over the years. He's very involved with Johns Hopkins and everything. So, no, I think we are going to, I mean, all this is going to, we are making a lot of progress. But we're still, you know, we have to realize we're still in the earliest stages of this. We didn't even know about this until a few months ago. This is something entirely new, and uh, you know, there's so many, you know, not, not intentional, but certainly unintentional errors given. For instance, at the beginning they were saying that masks didn't help. Don't bother wearing a mask. Now they're saying you, you should wear a mask everywhere you go. So, again, so much is being learned on, on the fly as we go along here. But I'm confident we're definitely going in the right direction. And having Mike Bloomberg involved uh, with the uh, uh, testing and tracing is very, very important. And uh, so, listen. Uh, We have to make this work. It's as simple as that. We have to come through this. We have to come through it stronger than ever. Congressman Pete King, well, that's a couple of minutes. You know, the China relationship uh, is intensifying, especially now as it spills into the airline industry. I told the audience yesterday, Washington now accusing Beijing of making it difficult for U.S. carriers to resume flights between the two countries as uh, economies reopened. I know Delta and United both want to resume routes in June. They've run into trouble getting their planes approved, plans approved by China's Civil Aviation Administration. Where are we going with all this? Uh, you know, the tensions from an economic standpoint. Now you got the airline industry. Uh, who knows what the relationship is between Xi and Trump right now? Loads of questions, loads of investigations to take place as far as the actual start of this pandemic. 
But there are a ton of questions right now between these two world powers, Congressman. There really are. And I think we really have to re- uh, uh, reassess our relationship with China. Uh, they basically violated their obligation to the international community. They covered up what happened in China. They uh, lied about it. Let's, let's face it. Let's be honest. They didn't cooperate at the beginning, and now we have a worldwide uh, epidemic, a pandemic, uh, largely because of China's policy. And so I don't think they, they've shown themselves ready to be part of the 21st century community of nations. They have to improve their behavior. And I think that you're going to see President Trump really uh, resisting. Now, this may put trade negotiations on hold, but we have to, I think, become much more self-sufficient. We can't have the 90% or whatever it is of the pharmaceuticals manufactured in China. We have to start bringing that back to the United States. So this has to me, uh, we have to look at an overall uh, re-examination of our policies toward China and become more, uh, bring more of that industrial base back here to the United States and also with our uh, Western allies. We have to work more with Europeans, more with uh, countries in Asia that are willing to work with us and not have the secretive policy that China has. They basically, as advanced as they become economically, it shows that they're still not part of the uh, 21st century community of nations. Speaking of travel, you had the policy which started yesterday, barring anyone who's been to Brazil, Congressman, within a 14-day period from arriving in the U.S. The ban, of course, intended to stop the spread of COVID-19. We know that disease uh, has surged in Brazil. I think it was 375 thousand confirmed cases uh, i know you're keeping an eye on that that's that's a reason for concern right there no it really is i mean it was, uh, uh, this is not part of the world it's uh, uh you know, it's a country we have good dealings with and no we'd be very very concerned about especially uh apparently this is the t- uh, the time of the year too where these uh, uh diseases can surge in in south america latin america so no this is uh a real concern with Brazil. They are a major country, heavily populated, and uh, we have to, again, this is what we have to be monitoring all over the world, finding out where this is breaking out and keep people from those countries from coming to the United States. Your take on SpaceX, the launch of two NASA astronauts uh, today, I think it's 4.30 this afternoon, Cape Canaveral. Uh, the end of the program, the space shuttle was, what, 2011, so we're talking nearly 10 years, but Falcon 9... And the Dragon Capsule will be bringing Doug Hurley and Bob Benkin to the uh, space station on a test flight. Uh, that is a big day. The president, the VP, uh, will be at the Kennedy Space Center. Uh, give me your thoughts. I mean, that's that's something, you know, when you think about it from 2011 there, Congressman. It really is. I'm, I'm glad to see us back in the space race again. Uh, the United States belongs there. And I just give it, I, I, it's beyond me how people have the ability and the courage and the dedication to achieve something like this. So, again, uh, thoughts and prayers are with them today, and uh, it's going to be, I think, a great success for the United States and for the world, but primarily for the United States. So, again, I, I commend them. I commend the NASA program, and I got, you know, you know, God be with them on this trip. Congressman, a couple of more before we let you go. The uh, the incidents in Georgia, Minnesota, very troubling. Uh, the Ahmed Aubrey case, of course, uh, and the uh, situation regarding the four Minneapolis cops uh, one stepping on the neck of a George Floyd, I uh, couldn't breathe. It's in the tape and everything. It's, I'll tell you, you know, when you when you're taking a step or two forward, you go back five or six. What do we have to do in this country so that these incidents never happen again? What do we have to do? I think it's important to fully investigate them before we make a final judgment. But again, be fully investigated so that everyone knows that the right thing was done by the courts, by the prosecution. 
I mean, some of these investigations we found in the past have been exaggerated, but in this case, certainly the evidence seems pretty compelling. And as we looked into, people have to have confidence that uh, you know that police will do things appropriately. Uh, and, and again, both of these incidents don't look very bad right now. I don't want to totally prejudge them, but let's face it: on the uh, on on the face of it, they look very bad. They have to be fully investigated. Both all sides, all people have to be convinced at the end that a full, honest, and fair investigation was done, and we have to do all we can to uh, uh, eliminate the possibility of these happening again in the future. Would have thought hockey making the first announcement about coming back and their right. plan and everything else. But, you know, I'm kind of troubled on the baseball thing. I've been weighing it. And, of course, the latest thing with this sliding scale proposal uh, in which the players union called extremely disappointing, talking about star players. Congressmen lose about more than 77 percent of their salary this year. Rookies at the major league minimum will lose about 53 percent. And, I, you know, I'll tell you, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm on the player's side here. Uh, you know, quite frankly, if you're talking about a 50% cut, which it should be, because if you're playing 81 games, slash the salary 50%. If you're making $100 million, or you're making uh, $20 million this year, $10 million. If you're a rookie making a half a million, you're down to 250000 I can't find anything wrong with that. Why not that? Because my thing is, if a player has reached the status of a Garrett Cole, why should a Garrett Cole who has worked so hard to achieve his status present time take more than a 50% cut? I can't see it. I don't want to hear these owners cry foul and, and poverty all the time. I'm tired of it. I'm on the player's side here. Yeah, I, I think the player's probably more right than wrong here. Actually, no one's wrong. Uh, but listen, uh, to me, to be you know, dramatically cutting their salaries like that is an awful lot. Again, I think it's uh, always can still be negotiating ploys on both sides. I just want to have baseball. I do want people treated fairly. And uh, again, you know, some some of those those hits really seem big as far as the uh, you know, cutting back on the salaries. But I, I still think this is all part of the negotiating process. I think both sides realize you can't cannot have a season without baseball. The long term economic impacts will be worse than whatever people have to give up in the short term. So they have to have a season, some semblance of a season they have to have. It's, uh, it's all about a negotiation. Loved having you on. You stay healthy, stay well, and we'll talk soon. How's that? I'm on the way to Washington. Yes, sir.